Welcome to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and brands to dispel the myths, share their knowledge and give you an insight into the retail industry. You can listen back to previous episodes on your favourite podcast platform or on YouTube. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast so that you get to listen to it first every week. In the meantime, grab that cup of tea, sit back and listen in to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today's episode of the Retail Tea Break podcast is sponsored by Store Hero, the profit dashboard for e-commerce companies. And today I'm joined by a guest who really knows e-commerce. Having grown up watching and supporting the family D2C business grow, he now helps e-commerce brands grow their businesses, bridging that gap between marketing and finance. The company's mission is to provide store owners with the insights and tools they need to make informed decisions about their business and to drive growth in the confidence of doing so profitably. Thomas Gleason, co-founder of Store Hero, Welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Hi, Melissa. How are you getting on? Really, really great to be on board here today. Looking forward to a good chat. Oh, and I'm delighted to have you, Thomas. So I have I know the product. I've had a really good look around the dashboard. I'm really excited to be able to talk about this today. So in the age-old fashion of the Retail Tea Break, <laughs> in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm informed is about two minutes, tell us a bit about you and the business. Brilliant. No problem at all. So my name is Thomas Gleason. I'm from Ennis in County Clare. I've grown up with e-commerce at home. My mother's had an e-commerce business for nearly 20 years, Wowie.ie in Ennis. So that's really the the house I grew up in. We had no choice but to grow up with (laughs) e-commerce. As a teenager, I had a couple of small e-commerce brands myself, and then I had one in my early 20s. But then I went to actually work at Shopify for three and a half years. So initially started off in core support, then went into kind of more of a consultancy role. Left Shopify, I suppose, the end of last year, I think it was. I suppose during my time at Shopify, what I had been doing for my parents every week was trying to pull together everything that was going on in the business. So not just the Shopify metrics, but the Google Ads metrics, the Facebook ad metrics, trying to pull in Google Analytics, and then also try to maybe fuse in like things like staff costs and rent costs to really try and understand actually what was working and what wasn't. It was really manual, to be honest, Melissa. I was doing it on a spreadsheet. That sounds like a conversation I have with an awful lot of clients and an awful lot of independents out there. That's an awful lot of work, Thomas, like time wise. It's not efficient. That must have been an awful lot to do. It was. It was really manual. Like it was really, really manual. But I I suppose I did see the value that my parents got from having these numbers. It's not like they're not people who don't understand data, but anyone running a business today knows it's really hard to actually mash it all together and actually understand what's actually working and what's not. So yeah, I'd been working this spreadsheet for a number of years and I suppose I left Shopify in December and co-founded Store Hero with my co-founders, Carl O'Brien. And we've gone on now in the last nearly nine, 10 months and we're really helping e-commerce brands nearly all over the world and agencies to really centralize all of the data and just make sense of it all really to try and grow their businesses all through the lens of profitability. That's incredible. And it comes from this place, as you say, of retail and e-commerce and seeing it day in, day out as you grew up, but obviously then being able to help and support uh, your parents is is fascinating. And I love the way that we've gone from this time consuming spreadsheet, I presume, of pulling all these different data points together to now having flipped it on its head that you do the work for people. You, you've become that kind of data spreadsheet, but you're pulling all the data. So with that said, Explain and tell us what is Store Hero. 
Yeah, and I suppose just to even drill into that a little bit more before I go into the products, like the issue, I suppose, why I had to bring in a lot of the finances into the product was my dad is the accountant and ma'am runs the business. And... Oh, so the two sides, really, you've got the retail <laughs> and the finance, and it's almost like the two that, that bang heads the most. <laughs> Literally, absolutely. I was stuck in the middle, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I used to find myself, I suppose, like we were we were in operation for years and over COVID, like, like a lot of businesses, particularly if you were set up for online, you would have done quite well. And that manifested itself in, I suppose, better return on the ad spend on Facebook and the likes of Google. And I was going to my dad by saying, look, dad, the, the ROAS here is really, really strong. Can we spend more? I'm not allowed to spend a cent in the family business without like justifying it to the nth degree. So what it kind of forced me to do is actually understand, OK, if we're going to spend money, how can I justify this to him and to the business owner? Like, what is a break even point on this product? What's the break even point of the marketing on the business as a whole, I suppose? It took me a while to get there, not going to lie. But when I did, I suppose what it actually opened my eyes to was that a lot of e-commerce operators, and I saw this at home, they're, they're taking their advice from their 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 bookkeeper, often their accountant, yeah. on how to run their e-commerce business. But not to be used my dad as a bad example here, but most uh, most accountants or bookkeepers are not fluid in, in being able to speak marketing or e-commerce and essentially that ends up makes the... sense thomas <laughs> you know it really does like they're good at finance you know they're yeah. experts in finance and maths and i suppose keeping you afloat that's not e-commerce it's not retail in that respect so i suppose with that said what you've done here is i suppose bring the two together in a safe way that we're not always listening to the maths people because you know what for retail it's not always right no, it's absolutely not always right. I mean, yeah, retail and e-com, like it, it, they're, a lot of the time it's made up of marketing metrics to some degree. And that's like reading double Dutch to a lot of accountants. So I suppose the light bulb went off in my head and I was banging my head off the wall with this spreadsheet for, for a long time. And myself and Carl have developed Store Hero. So really what we're trying to do for e-commerce and retail brands is to really centralize not just their e-commerce data if they have we'll say a pos system in-house that hooks into the e-com that can all pull into the system as well all of the marketing channels all of their analytics tools so not the, maybe their search console for their google search console for their seo google analytics for all of their web analytics and then they can also actually pop in things like rent costs staff costs shipping costs to really actually understand in one place what's actually moving the needle from a profitability perspective that's fantastic. And even for the very fact it's all in one place, that's saving you time. You're looking at one dashboard. It's It must be much clearer to see it all there in black and white in that respect, that you're not wasting your time pulling from multiple channels. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I knew it myself because I was trying to actually collate it myself for years on spreadsheets. But even if you can get a spreadsheet in line, that, that's fantastic. But it requires a hell of a lot of work to even maintain that. So we've just built really simple connectors into to, to one platform and you log in and basically all the numbers are done for you. I mean, there's there's probably two ways to make decisions when you're running a retail or an e-com business. One is using your understanding and the second one is using data. The, the first one is the, the more difficult question. If you need to use your own understanding and your own logic, there's a lot of things to really take into the equation. Whereas if you have your data in one place and it's structured in one way, Often the decisions are quite easy and they become obvious, but getting to that place where your data is structured in, in one way and being able to just log in and view it very quickly, it's a game changer and a massive unlock for a lot of businesses. That's fantastic. And it's so needed out there. You know, as you've said, we've we've so many data points now pulling in. 
whether it's, you know, your SEO, whether it's your different marketing, but even down to the rents and rates issue with so many retailers are having right now, you know, we know those costs are spiraling, popping your staff costs in as well. By the sounds of it, you're you're literally holding a more user-friendly, I don't want to upset any accountants out there, but it's a much user-friendly, quicker way of accessing your data, as you said, to build your strategy, to move forward constantly, which we know e-commerce businesses have to do they have to be fast they have to be ready to move and shake as times change oh yeah absolutely and before any accountants out there are fit to kill me i'm not trying to replace any accountants it's more it's more of a a tool to bring the marketer in line with finance uh, which i think has been lacking in the industry for years and also on the flip side of that helping an accountant who comes in actually understand okay what are the marketing metrics that have actually brought this this retailer e-commerce business and how how is this manifested itself in the profit and loss and actually understanding maybe what are those levers that have actually made the, the profit go up this month is it a higher return here is it a lower return there what does that look like so we're just trying to almost bring the marketing team and the finance team actually on the same page without replacing anybody <laughs> good and i i fully agree with that but it's it's interesting there that we're talking about kind of costs and things we're yeah. obviously coming into the golden quarter i have to talk about christmas i'm sorry everyone but it needs to be done <laughs> We know it's the busiest time of year for retailers. It certainly is for marketing spend. If we look towards kind of that run up, that Black Friday spend, free shipping, Thomas. I'm going to ask the question because I'm presuming now we can look at the fact that free shipping isn't free at all. Now, retailers know this. Of course they do. And the shopper as the USP goes, oh, X, Y and Z have free shipping. That's really handy. I'm going to buy my gifts from there. But by the sounds of it, then you can now pinpoint what the true cost of this free shipping service for customers actually is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose, yeah, just just to bring it to the story or context for a second, you can pop in all of your your actual shipping costs. So not if the customer is paid for shipping. Unfortunately, within the likes of a Shopify system, you, when you get your order, if the customer hasn't paid for shipping, it's not strictly classed as a discount, but obviously it's free for the customer. It's very mm. free for the business owner. So we can set that up in the platform just to make sure that we're accounting for that properly on the order level and in the real-time P&L within the platform itself. Free shipping, I suppose, as a as a, a marketing tool in general, really, really effective when used properly, quite dangerous when used not Absolutely. properly. Absolutely. I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of both both sets of uh, use cases, I suppose, beforehand. Typically, a good benchmark for a lot of e-commerce businesses, about 20% over your average order value to have that as your free shipping threshold so that it's close enough that it's in range that people are somewhat incentivized to try and increase that average order value. But you don't want to set it even at your average order value or below it, unless you've it built into your margin correctly, because it's like depending on the level of, depending on what your average order value is, like for instance, if you have a if you have an average order value of fifty euro, and you're then your shipping in Ireland, for instance, is going to be five euro generally with some of the main carriers. If you're going to give free shipping to that customer, you're essentially giving them a ten percent discount. Mm. Now, a lot of the times when you log on to e-commerce websites as well, you get this welcome ten discount, and that's fine. But if you have a welcome ten discount and then you've a free shipping discount, you're effectively on a twenty percent sale without even yeah. really realizing it, and. I think brands need to be really, really dialed in on where they're discounting and if it's effective and just making sure that they're testing those offers, testing where that free shipping threshold is and not just kind of setting and forgetting, I suppose. And it's 
it's becoming more and more common that that I believe and I see it and I talk to retailers is what's done because the competitors done it. They feel they have to jump. But as you said, unless they really understand the spend they've made on the marketing almost to market that free shipping. And of course, all the costs implicated in, in doing the free shipping and even the product itself, free shipping is really starting to bite into your kind of profit there and it, it's expensive and it's expensive at a time of year where actually you're meant to be making as much money as you can to see you through you know those quiet winter months it's, it's kind of mad like we, we have we have an order we have an order level profitability piece within the platform where so you're not just seeing that you're you sold the product for x and you, it cost you y but we have all of your transaction fees shipping costs and discounts in there so you can almost filter by the end of the month to saying okay like what are my top margin making orders Obviously, most retailers would probably have a good inclination of what those look like because they're they're the ones everybody likes to look at. But it's actually the opposite is even more important, in my own opinion, is is there a flood of like unprofitable or barely margin making orders going through the system? And it's often not the good orders that will make the business. It's often the bad, the flood of bad orders that will actually kill the business. And because particularly e-commerce specifically is really fragmented, it's hard to actually pull that together and really find that data. So we're seeing that a lot of brands are actually seeing the really unprofitable orders and kind of just what you've alluded to there, Melissa, is dialing back maybe some of their free shipping or reevaluating that promotional strategy or discounting strategy as a whole. It's a great insight, Thomas, there as to, as you said, look, we we like the shiny stuff. We like the stuff yeah. we know, as you said, the highest margin products or the ones that make us the most money. That's great. But as you said, too many of the opposite. And actually, you're starting to bleed money. So it's great that this captures that as well, very user-friendly way. And again, that's one of these reports on a Monday morning you should be pulling to look at to just check that actually you're not starting to see an absolute flood of these types of orders coming in. And what can you do to fix that? In that said, because again, we've said this is something that a lot of retailers don't do. They just don't like it. They like to look at the shiny stuff. I certainly would have been one of those in the past, you must be quite surprised at the number of businesses that don't know or at least really understand the real price of products. So like the bad orders coming in that they maybe don't know the bad stuff. They look at the shiny stuff, as we've said. Talk to me about unit economics and why that's so important. Yeah, so unit economics essentially is a way to measure your revenue and costs on a per unit basis. So really just make that simple. It's how are we fully in line with how much we can spend on various things? Like, do we know if we are to run a promotional campaign for, I don't know, this this mug, what is the break-even point in terms of marketing on this mug? What is the break-even point of the business in terms of marketing? How much can we actually afford to spend? I often speak to retailers and e-commerce operators and Facebook and Google. This can often be seen as a bit of a black box in that... Yeah. It's kind of a hidden hope. We're going to spend two or three grand this month and hopefully it works. And like sometimes it does. But what we're actually finding is that when we pull, when we plug brands into store here, sometimes that the biggest problem is that the business is actually quite good. The fundamentals are really good. The unit economics actually are good in that if the ad spend was actually dialed up a little bit, that the business would probably generate a hell of a lot more profit. Now, that's not always the case. Now, that's but... interesting, though, because I think, again, the perception is the complete opposite. That, But it's coming from a place that we just don't understand these things. Yeah, and there's, been, there's probably two reasons for that. Like, number one is that, like, I've grown up with an SME at home. It's terrifying to increase your ad budget. If you're not 100% confident in your profitability on marketing on Facebook or Google, that's not a fun place to be. Like. 
asking someone to add an extra zero to their Facebook ads account is terrifying. Like even to upgrade it by 50% is, is, is terrifying. But we, we've kind of developed, I suppose, a real unit economics approach in that we're able to just like irrespective of because we're probably going to come into this territory here. People are saying that, OK, Facebook are telling me I've done 10 grand in revenue this month and Google have said I've done 10 grand, but I know I've only actually done 15 grand in sales. So we've kind of developed a system within kind of contribution margin, which is basically our profit after our marketing spend, but before any of the operating expenses. So we're not really listening to what Facebook or Google are saying. We're basically saying this is our sales. This is our total cost of goods. And this is our total marketing spend. If we've spent more, has that profit after marketing gone up or has it gone down? And that's a quite easy way to actually understand if we're able to grow the business profitably and sustainably. If we spend more and that profit figure starts to go down, we know we probably need to dial it back a bit. But I suppose there's another issue, I suppose, with the e-com industry as a whole, whereby a lot of retailers, and I was in this boat for myself for years, it's it's a very revenue-orientated business in that a lot of businesses are trying to grow sales. They're trying to grow average order value. They're trying to grow like ROAS, which is your return on your ad spend on Facebook or Google. But like a really good e-commerce business today, Melissa, is generating about 10 to 15% in net profit which on the scheme of things compared to your actual revenue, it's quite slim. So orientating yourself towards these kind of purely revenue-based metrics in what is kind of a, a thin margin game is really, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we're trying to really, I suppose, we've built the platform in a way that really is built for founders and built for business owners to really just see what that profit figure looks like, as opposed to just giving them a whole host of marketing metrics that kind of make it a little bit more difficult to ascertain what's working, what isn't. And I think that's key here. You're giving them transparency. You're giving them the tools to make really informed decisions for their business. I mean, in that respect, it's great. It's funny. You know, that mug, I'm sure most of those retailers will be able to tell you straight away, you know, what's the margin on the mug? What's the actual cost of buying that mug? They wouldn't have a clue about the actual cost of marketing that mug. So you really are giving them more tools to run that business in a better way, you know, have a better strategic decision when it comes to their marketing spend or their social media spend, or even just spending on in-store if they have that physicality aspect to their retail business. It's bringing it all together in a really nice way that I think, you know what, you use Straw Hero, your strategy gets better. And I think if your strategy gets better, you can only move forward in a much more informed way. It just sounds like, it sounds like that missing piece that most e-com especially sme e-com are missing right now yeah i mean and i suppose just to touch on myself and carol's experience we haven't just decided we're going to build an app for no reason it's probably come from years of blood sweat and tears and trying to figure this out both of ourselves on spreadsheets i've kind of gone through my own background there but carol has been working in he's he's ran an agency called effector for years which is a web and digital marketing agency and I suppose he came from the opposite side through agency of really seeing this problem firsthand, working with agency, with, with brands for years and trying to build Looker Studio dashboards and often seeing them break and the frustration at that and the difficulty in keeping them up to date. But yeah, we've kind of built a solution that like we can get, you can get onboarded pretty quickly and you kind of just log in. And what we're kind of seeing is brands are telling us they're saving anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a month in terms of their reporting. And they're just logging in and instead of trying to actually instead of even trying to spend time collating the spreadsheet and they're not doing anything with it, just collating it for the sake of keeping up to date, 
they can log in and actually start making those decisions immediately. And we've also built, we'll say, the ability to get your morning email reports. So every day, each week and each month, you get your, your P&L to your dashboard along with the, your main metrics. So for instance, some of the more popular ones would be, okay, what is my, my net profit today? Um, once you get that to your inbox every morning, it's, it's hard to walk away from. What is my staff cost as a percentage of net sales? What is my Google spend? What's my Facebook cost per click? So you can really customize the metrics, I suppose, that mean the most to you. And just make sure when you wake up in the morning that you have a good indication of where things are moving and if you're on track or off track. I love the sound of that. Having been one of those people that would waste hours kind of pulling data, but to be quite honest, didn't even know what it was. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast. Didn't even know (laughs) what I was pulling half the time because you pull what you know. And that always worried me because I didn't pull the data that I didn't understand and that I didn't know. And therefore, I suppose this is what's leaving all these unanswered questions in the business, which is exactly where Store Hero comes in. Because as you said, if you can send me the right data first thing in the morning, then I can do something about it. Then the team can action and, you know, do something within the business to ensure that either we do make more profit, there are better strategic decisions made, or we pat ourselves on the back and we keep going. Because I think, again, as we come into the golden quarter, sometimes that needs to happen too. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've nothing really to add to that point. You've, you've summarized everything I was thinking there, to be honest. But it's great because, again, I suppose like you, I come from a place where I know what it's like, you know, getting in on a Monday morning and having to start pull reports. And half the time, you're only pulling the ones, whether it's a good report or a bad report, having been a bad week, you're only pulling the ones you understand. So it's nice to be able to have full transparency on everything that the business has. So data, obviously, you can see what's happened in the past from the shopper perspective, you know, those purchases, business costs. But how are retailers using the data from Store Hero to then grow their businesses and make these strategic decisions? Yeah, it's it's like like I kind of alluded to a couple of minutes. Often we plug in a business and the business hasn't been doing well but when we actually go in there's often a couple of problems either the operational expenses attached to the business are killing the business they yeah. actually could be quite profitable after marketing but it's the it's the fixed costs of the business that are actually killing it or often the other the other problem we see is that the business owner has just hasn't got the confidence to spend more on advertising like a lot of business owners today would have come online through trading online vouchers in 2020 for the first time yeah. And it was a blessing and a curse, to be honest, Melissa, because they entered e-com at the Halicon days. Like it, yeah. it was perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for better macro conditions to enter the e-com environment. Everything else was closed. Yeah. Everyone had money and everyone was at home on their phones. Ad spend was really cheap. And yeah, everyone was just had a bit of extra surplus cash. Unfortunately, since then, we've had these iOS 14 problems everything is obviously reopened again and people probably have a little less cash in their pocket at the end of the month. So it has got harder. And as people probably see the return, their, their spend initially that they would have come online during the, at the start of COVID has probably dwindled significantly to where it is today. They're often very apprehensive to keep spending their money. But when we actually plug in store here, often we see that the business is a lot stronger than the business owner might think they are, but they don't have the confidence and the clarity to actually dial up that spend because it's terrifying. And I get that. But so that they're probably the two main things that we see. Following on from that, I suppose, it's that order level profitability piece. It's really difficult today to really pull that all together in that we're not just saying, we're not just pulling out your product costs, but we can also see your if you're working with a 3PL, what those costs are, your transaction fees, your shipping costs, how much you're discounting. And you can tell an awful lot from your most profitable orders and your most unprofitable orders when they're kind of laid bare there in front of you. 
you can really start making better decisions around site merchandising. What's working, guys? What's working? What's not working? Even businesses like one one business we're working with has a really big retail footprint, and they've actually used the order level profitability to see there were certain products that maybe were in in the back of the shop that when they saw coming through Store Hero were some of the most profitable orders. So they've actually moved that now to the the front of the store, selling a lot more, and it's much higher margin. But they haven't really had the tools to probably pull it all together and realize that before. So it's kind of serving omni-channel businesses as well in that sense. That's incredible. Like that's fascinating to be able to get to that level of detail. And then of course to action, action it, which again, most retailers just don't have time to do, but that sounds like such a quick fix, you know, very, very simple. They've read the reports properly. They've taken action. It's driven sales. Like again, and actually pulling that right back, the customer's probably delighted. They've discovered a product that they either didn't know was there because it was down the back of the shop or something that the customers obviously realize they need more of. So everyone wins. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like we have the opposite as well, whereby like you, you might have seen that you're, you have a really low profitable order gone through the system and it might be a really pretty product that looks well and it might just be really low margin and you might have put that front and center everywhere because it looks nice, but it's not necessarily the one that's going to make a material impact to your bottom line at the end of the day or of the week. So we've kind of seen the flip side of that as well, but it's really educational and it's great to watch retailers, I suppose, plug in the system, have a look at it. And actually there's usually a bit of shock in somewhere on the system, which is great from our sense to see that we're actually making a difference, you know? It's great. It's great to hear. And also it's lovely to hear they're picking up on your point that it works omni-channel. Do you know what I mean? So it's really helping that retailer, you know, both on their e-com platform, but also in the store itself. And I'm sure it's making for a better experience for the customer across the board, but also the retailers more informed, which again, in this day and age, we can't have enough of the right information to be able to action. Yeah. And I mean, just even to that point around the omni-channel piece as well, like, People are probably familiar with the, the ROAS term and returning your ad spend. So you spend X, you spend a euro on Facebook, you generate five on your e-commerce store, you have a five ROAS. But often that misses the picture of what your physical mm. physical store is doing. So we're basically looking at on what's called an MER, so your marketing efficiency ratio. So we're not listening to what Facebook or Google say. We're going to look at your total sales from your retail and your e-commerce divided by your total ad spend, your total marketing spend. And there's a ratio there. And that's actually quite interesting because often we see if we spend more, the sales are going up and not just online because people in the locality are actually seeing more. And that there often is a direct correlation between spending more and physical retail that people haven't seen before because it wasn't measured through the e-commerce section specifically. So that's another really, really big point, I suppose, that we're, we're trying to get people into looking at. That's absolutely brilliant. And it's falling in line then with all the research that's been done globally since kind of COVID or during those lockdowns that we are, you know, we are researching online more. We are much more. I know I do in the evening. Most of us do. We check something. We check prices. We read descriptions of things. And then, of course, on a Saturday, if we're passing, we pop into a store. So it's great, actually, then that you can see that kind of model being reflected in store here of, of this size here of, you know, looking at home and then popping into store and buying. And God only knows what else you're buying while you're in there. So, it, again, it's really useful for the retailer to be able to track that and then action from the data. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it ma makes a ton of sense. And yeah, we're just seeing people can really start making better decisions faster. And that's really the name of the game from our point of view. And it's needed in retail right now with with where we're going, especially omni-channel. Um, it's absolutely needed. So 
Final question, and goodness only knows what the answer is going to be to this, because as you say, Store Hero is only about nine months old and and it's been an incredible journey. But what's coming up for you in the business then over the next six months? Well, we're actually just about to launch a big Q4 ebook like this week for retailers and brands to really, I suppose, look at our methodology and how we look at brands going into Q4. So really profit orientated and an ebook, I suppose, a free one, my dad, uh, a free profit, profit oriented ebook to really start to understand how do you set your goals for Q4, all with the lines of profitability. Instead of setting our sales goal, let's set our sales goal in tandem with the profit goal and almost work backwards. Like what, how much can we afford to spend on X, Y, and Z while maintaining that profit goal at the end of the day? So we're really excited about launching our ebook. We have about 30 industry leaders from all around the world contributing. That's going to be a massive, massive release for us. So we're really looking forward. Everybody should have a look at it. We'll definitely put the details of that in the show notes, sure, (laughs) because it sounds like an absolutely wonderful tool and very timely as we head towards Christmas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Free resource. We, we released one in May and there was a really, really good reaction to it. So we've kind of tailored it now for Q4 and really looking forward to getting that in the hands of everybody. We are, yeah, where are we? I suppose we, we, we're we're in operation in a number of different countries now. We're kind of operating between brands and agencies. So again, we're really trying to, I suppose, get people more in line with looking at profit instead of sales or ROAS when looking at the retail or e-commerce business as a whole. So yeah, we're really looking forward to some really, really big things coming in the next couple of months and looking forward to, to sharing them with everyone. Delighted and very excited for you, Thomas. I'm sure it's goodness only knows where the brand is going to grow, but also more importantly, the retailers, the brands are going to help and support. And fundamentally, at the end of the day, the amount of customers that are really going to benefit from everything you're doing. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please like and share it. Remember, you can listen back to past Retail Tea Break podcast episodes on your favorite platform or, of course, on YouTube. Connect with myself and Thomas on LinkedIn. And I think that's really important to find out more information on this ebook. And I'll certainly put the links in the show notes, as we said here. So follow Store Hero and the Retail Advisor across social media. I'll pop Store Hero's website link uh, into those links. And remember, you can find the show notes and the transcript from today's episode on the retailadvisor.ie. So Thomas, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much for having me, Melissa.